0: Hello and welcome to the Attribution Marketing Podcast, where we help businesses, brands and entrepreneurs get more out of their marketing and advertising spend. On today's episode, we have Justin Bowen from the Great American Home Store, and Justin is here to talk about how he has been able to bridge physical retail space with online e-commerce, SEO, broadcast, traditional, paid media, paid social and everything in between to help the great American home store sell more furniture and really succeed. Justin had a big part in transforming this business during the pandemic when other retailers were really struggling. So Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. How are you? Yeah,
1: Lucas, thank you. It's definitely a pleasure to be here and really appreciate you
0: inviting me to be on this. So Justin, just start off by telling us how you've even gotten to this position. You're in sort of a unique spot running the marketing department of this furniture store and getting to run a lot of experiments and learn a lot of things. So just kick us off with a background of how you even got here. Sure. Well,
1: as uh, most people in the furniture industry can attest, furniture is not where I set out to land, (laughs) I started actually in the video space back in kind of like that 2005, 2006, Uh, YouTube was kind of in its infancy, maybe even a little before then, and uh, it was just something that I, I did. My dad gave me a a software and uh, to edit video. And I just started making the first like home, you know, home movies. And then it was, you know, anything like, you know, fan music videos and That got me into shooting. And then I I had a friend who had been with me back days I was doing video. who said, hey, I just got this job at Great American. It's a furniture retailer. And they're trying to start, this was back in late 2013. And uh, he said, you know, they're starting their digital department and it could expand in a lot of directions. I mean, all I was doing was like social media and web content product management I didn't know anything about any of those things. I think my pitch to them was, I have a Facebook account (laughs) back at the time. I mean, that was kind of like, you know, in in some cases for like a small local store, like that was all you really needed. Well, by that point I'd figured out, Hey, I don't want to do video anymore. I like this stuff a lot better. So I was happy to, uh, so it it went from, you know, being like part-time, you know, doing product content and making social posts to you know now i've kind of had my hands in a little bit of everything with digital but then you know now we've got a team of about nine people when in the beginning it was just me and yeah you know, my boss that's <laughs> pretty much so yeah so during that whole time i've just been able to learn so much so mm-hmm. that's kind of it it's it just evolved since then uh,
0: So what were some of those really big learning moments that you had? Because I'm sure there's a lot of different local businesses. I mean, they might not be furniture stores, but they might be facing similar challenges. And I know you've had a lot of success with what you've been able to accomplish. So I was hoping you could explain that a little bit further to the audience who might be facing similar problems.
1: Yeah, we've had successes, but behind every success, there's, you know, multiple failures. And I I think that's how you have to work at things you have to experiment and what i've found working in this business and i'm sure it's this is nothing unique to furniture this is probably ubiquitous in in most types of businesses so i i found that and, and a lot of the great thinkers i i think have said this that just do stuck like just try things you, you know it's easier to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission. <laughs> a lot of times, they just try things, sure. and yeah. and see if it works. You know, it, it, I was having this conversation with a coworker yesterday, but we we get in these debates and and arguments about like, well, this is the best way to do this. Sorry, no, this is the best way. Just put it to the test. That's what I tell everybody all the time, it doesn't matter what your competitor has or has not done or is doing or is not doing. It doesn't matter what somebody in your company did a year ago, two, five years ago, 10 years ago, what matters is what you do today. Do it with your business, with your products, with your customers, with your market and your resources. Then that's the only way to be sure is it going to work for you or not. And it sounds so obvious, but I find that so many of the times we hide behind our assumptions or even behind data and we'll we'll take a study or we'll take a a survey or we'll take somebody else's like case study or something and we'll say well this didn't work for these people and they're similar to us so why would it work for us when we talk with customers we find out most customers still want the basics they want email they want text they want chat and they want facebook at least in our market and so we've As we've tried to we've been spinning our wheels like trying to get these other things going because that's what the industry's saying that's what everybody else is saying this is the next big thing everybody's you know do this so rather than spending a whole bunch of energy going into okay well we've we've got to make this work we gotta make this work we were at the same time we have these things over here that are like they're working well or with just a little bit extra effort a little bit more tinkering they start working even better. And it's like, okay, well, let's put our energy on those things that, you know, are are working. And as soon as we started doing that, like we moved back to Facebook. I mean, we saw organic going to nothing. But, you know, that doesn't mean that there's not a way that you could grow it, you know, paid. So when we started putting effort into a strategy with paid, that's when we started seeing... Tremendous results with that. And it only took maybe a couple months just to, to start seeing that now we're six months into it and it's, it's going like so much better than it ever has. But it took getting the right person behind that and it took the right strategy of experimentation to get that going.
0: So if you would just catch us up to today, that's a really good background of the experimentation and all the effort that got us to where we're at. But what is working today? What is that marketing mix or the channels that you're using? And how are you measuring it all together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk first about the measurement, because that I think is it's critical. If you're not measuring it, how can you say it's working or not, right? And that's part of the, the testing strategy that I was referring to. You've got to have the metrics in place first. That's why something like LeadsRx is so critical, uh, because if you're not able to see, you know, what are the gauges? And I mean, imagine flying a plane without any gauges or without any, you know, meters or anything to know what's happening. You're going to crash, right? And it's the same thing with a marketing department. If you have no metrics, you're you're headed for the ground. Uh, There's no way you're going to make it to your destination, right? So, but yet I see that there's so many people that don't invest in analytics, that don't invest in measurement. And it's just, it's crazy to me. So you got to have the metrics in place first and the analytics. So what we figured out by measuring that and what we've measured is we measure with RX. of course, we measure the uh, conversions and by like adding to a cart, filling out a form, you know, basic conversions and stuff. Then we measure where that traffic is coming from, which LeadsRx automatically detects with UTMs and and other tracking metrics. And then in addition to that, we do a lot of TV and I think that's where, you know, LeadsRx was very attractive to me when I was looking at it was I'd always wanted a way to measure our TV because we spent most of our money on TV and my digital budget got very little. And so it was. You know, I wanted to know, well, what are, what's happening with our TV? We're putting all this money and effort into it. What is it actually doing for us? And I'll say that I came in, you know, when I started in this company, I came in, I was 20, I want to say I was like maybe 23, 24. And I just, you know, it's very green. I had the assumption that TV was dead, traditional is dead, print is dead, and everything needed to go digital. My boss is from the traditional world, a hundred percent. He gets a lot of the digital stuff and he's pretty well read and like sharpened on it, but he, his major focus is traditional. So we have this great tension that I think is healthy and, and is needed where we, you know, have these discussions from different viewpoints. So I, and I'll say it's, it's never enough to just have one person to interpret data you need a group of people to interpret data. I think, you know, this podcast is talking about having people and, and the makeup of the, the interpretation. It's, it's more than just one person. It takes a group of people to interpret data because everyone has their lens. Everybody has their background, their perceptions, their experience that adds color. And the more that people are empowered to voice their perceptions of that data the fuller picture we get of that and we need that confrontation we need the tension of contrasting viewpoints to more clearly see that so yeah so we you know we would track the television metrics from the tv ads and and radio as well cuz we do some radio it's not a big focus of ours but tv is definitely the biggest one and that's because of the market that we're in Memphis is a, a very highly indexed broadcast TV market. It might be one of, if not the, the top index markets for broadcast, which is why we put a lot of dollars there. When I was in the beginning, I didn't understand that. Now I appreciate broadcast and I understand the benefit that it can have. That's contextual. That's totally dependent on your market. So I'm not prescribing people to go spend money on broadcast. You know, it works for us. Uh, and I'm not going to say to anybody, like, this is where you should go spend your money. I will tell you, you need to analyze where you're spending your money and make sure that that's working. Everybody needs to do that. But as far as what channels to go spend it on, you have to figure that out for yourself. And that's where something like leads is definitely going to help you. But we would, you know, going back to what we track with TV LeadsRx would help us figure out if we were in a spot somewhere you know, let's say it's at 6 p.m. news, then I can look in LeadsRx and see how many people came to the site from that 6 p.m. news slot and what channel and what spot like actual creative it was. And then how many of those people did a conversion? And then I can compare that to all the other ads and all the other stations and all the other spots and all the creative and all the day parts. What it does is it gives you a baseline to measure your advertising against. That way you can say, well, this spot better than this one, or it had more efficiencies with cost than this one, or this station overall converts more than this other station. As a buyer, you kind of go in thinking like, oh, well, this is my target demo. And this is, you know, who's going to react the best to this? But you cannot know that until you actually run those ads and see the results. So many times, I've had my own assumptions about who would react best to an ad, and then I'm totally proven wrong. So that's where that data is crucial. So we used that to measure the TV. What that did when we were in, we have a case study that we did with LeadsRx on this. You can go take a look at it if you want more details. But during the pandemic, when we shut down, we used LeadsRx to figure out what are the, the, because we had to cut budget because we were closed for five weeks, we had to figure out, well, we don't want to go totally dark. What are the stations and, and the spots and programs and everything that are giving us, you know, the most bang for the buck. So we were able to analyze that with leadsRx. And then I was able to give that to my boss and say, here's the ones that are doing the most for us in the short term, because we know we're going to reopen at some point, but this is where we're getting the most for our money. And then he was able to go, then go and make cuts, uh, which we cut like 50% of our budget out. He was able to go make cuts on that. Well, now, of course, we're not cutting budget. We're adding budget because we're seeing demand. And I'm not an economist. I'm not going to pretend to understand that. But it is slowing down and has been since Black Friday, probably like the end of November. And from what I understand, i talked to other people in the industry. The same thing is happening with them. And I'm sure it's not isolated to furniture either. I think furniture is in a position, you know, interest rates going up and other things where, and, and definitely in the Memphis market, like furniture is driven by home sales a lot and home sales are are very low. We're at one of the lowest points in 30 years. But then we also look at digital and we we see that, you know, where we're getting the most traffic. Traffic doesn't always equate to, of course, what your best customers are. So, you know, you just have to take everything with a kind of a grain of salt. You know, we're doing Facebook, we do SEO, you know, when we build backlinks, we do PPC, of course, and then pretty pretty much all of the, you know, marketing methods, we utilize local ads, display discovery. Discovery has been great. I, I ran some discovery for the first time earlier this year and it the best performing way and, and what i was being told was discovery is you know kind of like even google i the, the google guy was like yeah discovery is kind of something that it's like the last thing on everybody's plates like if they're already doing all the other stuff then they do discovery i'm like well i would be doing discovery
0: first <laughs> so i think you did a good job breaking down all the channels you're using but if you would can you just explain how you look at the funnel like the full funnel and the customer journey and what i mean by that is how are you tracking the individual or groups of people as they navigate through the funnel from that first impression all the way to the purchase of a piece of furniture? So one of
1: the first things I noticed when I got into Leeds RX was what I was seeing was just how diverse conversion paths are. I mean, we all, if if you've done any analytics, you know, conversion paths are numerous and that there's hardly conformity to, you know, version or, or like, you know, we like to come up as marketers with these very neat, you know, we draw diagrams and we do whiteboards and stuff. And and we think everybody conforms to our plan. But the reality is it's a whole lot messier than that. Consumers don't care about your plan. And most of what they're doing is just because, uh, you know, they're in, it's incidental. I mean, there are, of course, times when it starts becoming intentional, but they're not trying to follow a script they're following you know hopefully the plan that you laid for them but in a lot of cases they're not so I would see with conversion paths yeah I under I what I think is yeah I'm doing digital video I'm doing you know cTV I'm doing TV i'm I'm doing social video which I see all of those methods as is just brand awareness and I think brand awareness is extremely important I'm I'm a big believer in demand generation. And I think you have to talk at a a very high level. You can mix in that promotional messaging, but I think that branding has to be there as well. And if you do that consistently, people know you, they start going to Google for you, or they go directly to you. And that's what you want. Now people go to you know one, one and a half stores at the most, and they just quit. I mean, we've seen this in our latest, met in our latest surveys and everything people are saying. And, and even in some of the like, phone data that we were able to track, people are not going to multiple stores. They're going to like one store, like 90%, 85, 90% of people are going to one store and they quit, but that, you know, it's either like that need that's going to drive them through there, or it's, you know, your brand that's going to drive them through there. So we're very top of, like, we like to be very top of funnel, have our name out there very heavily, that's always worked for us. It built us from a nobody in in 2004 to in less than 10 years we were like the number two brand in the in the market of mostly national players so that worked and it's still working so we keep that out there but now we have to add to the mix and you alluded to this earlier you always have to have other complementary channels I'm not interested as much of knowing like how does this one channel perform in isolation I want to know how does it perform as a group So we add all these channels. You know, the top layer there is for brand awareness, of course, with every kind of video you can throw out there, online, CTV, mobile, broadcast, streaming, like everything you can throw out there, throw it out there. But then once they come to you, you've got to have something to present them with. Or they go to Google and they don't, you know, go for your name. You got to have a strategy to capture those people. Of course, that's, you know, search and and there's a lot of different ways there you can get people with middle funnel content so we do all of that you know we're doing we do blogs to try to build the organic uh, backlinks bring us up in organic but now with you know three pack and uh, you know the search ads and plas and all these other things uh, of course this is well covered area but you know it's very hard even with organic to get there so you've got to have a paid approach as well like don't forget organic but you got to do paid as well you got to do both if you want to be in you know if you didn't get them when they you know they didn't go type great american home store they type leather sectional okay well that's i we failed on the marketing front (laughs) with that because they you know at least in that search you know do great american home store but we still have a second chance now to get them in the middle funnel with these other things, but then when somebody gets to the site, the information that's, that's there has got to be robust. And that's something we spend a lot of time on. We have teams of, of like four people that just work on product content. And that's because we, we just stock our inventory. So we build all our product content there's lots of people out there that do it for you. We don't like using other people's we use our own. So we spend a lot of time developing photography, video. We're even doing like 3D generated room scenes now and, and then we you know, write the copy out, we get as much information as we can. We'll literally go put our hands on the furniture and if that's what it takes to get the correct information and make it as detailed as possible. So then you've got to have, so you've got to have great product content because the number one reason people say they go into the store is because, and they don't say it this way, but it's because your website failed them. It didn't tell them what they needed to know. It didn't show them how they could use the product, what other products they could use with it, how it could, you know, it didn't inspire them enough, or it didn't convey how is this going to feel sitting on it? How is it going to feel laying on it? So we've got to get our sites to where. That information can be answered, and there's a lot of complexities to that. But we've got to try to answer it. But if we fail them, then that's the backup is where we've got to start a conversation, right? Now they may not be ready to go into the store, so we got to have people who are who are knowledgeable. They speak in, in a way that they understand. So we we have local people for the, They're pretty much mostly local that are, you know, they're able to go in, see the furniture, try it. They are remote, but they're able to talk with the customer and provide, a, you know, like an intelligent answer, like somebody, if they were going into the store, that's tease up the store visit so that then they can go in educated and feel like I can make this a quick shopping trip, right? Because it's, it's all about convenience. No frustration. Eliminate the pain points. We got too many of those. So that's another challenge we have, but that's not on the, mar- you know, some of it's the marketing side, but most of it's on the operation side. So we try to set up that store visit and then we follow up with them. So we've invested in a conversational texting application so people can respond to our marketing messages. And now that's become a pretty large lead source for us so that when they respond, now we have a person. It's not, you know like a bot it's a person that's talking back to them so yeah we sent them a text about how they can get you know 20 percent off of this you know special price sofa they respond to that well i actually need you know a bedroom or i need you know a, a lift chair okay we respond right back with you know hi this is i'll just say you know jamie you don't have a jamie but this is jamie with great american home store and You know, we've got the perfect thing for, you know, like, so you can have that conversation. But that came from marketing. So, you know, that or email, email does that a lot for us too. So once we get them to that point, we then do follow-up, you know, so we're talking to them again. Did you go into the store? Did you, you know, did you have uh, a conversation, you know, did you meet with somebody? Were they able to, you know, get you what you needed? And if not, then, you know, we try to help them again. So we continue the conversation.
0: Well, I think the important piece that I would highlight is just how much effort and thought you've put into the messaging and how you're measuring it, what all the key metrics are, and, you know, I think importantly, how you're able to bring that back to your organization and get all the people to weigh in on that data and how to best use it or even interpret it. So for everyone who's listening to this episode, if you are in the Memphis area, please go check out the Great American Home Store. And if you'd like to check out the results from the case study that Justin mentioned, we will put the links in the description. And in that case study, you're really gonna see how a local business and a advertiser that uses a variety of channels is able to measure and bring all those channels together to help them improve their marketing and advertising spend. And that is why we had Justin on the podcast. So Justin, thanks again for being on the show. If you have any final thoughts, please share them. Otherwise, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, Lucas, thank you so much. It's, it's been a huge uh, privilege and, and honor to be able to, to share with uh, you and your audience. And I guess if there's one thing I could leave everyone with, it's, you know, we can we can sit all day and talk about how great our marketing is or how great it's going to be. But until you have ways in place to measure it and know if you can improve it or not or how to improve it, then you're just going to crash your plane. So Get the marketing analytics in place, get the ways to to look at it holistically because you need to know how it all works together because it always works so much better when it's together rather than isolated. And that's exactly what LeadsRx does, It's bring all of those touch points together so you can see how they affect and influence each other and affect your overall marketing.
0: Well, you heard it here first, folks. Thanks again to Justin Bowen from the Great American Home Store for being on the show. This is the Attribution Marketing Podcast, signing off.